All right, dude. Hey, buddy. Hey, man. Hey. Love you, dude. Love you, dude. So, um, this whole shit is really for me an exploration into um, inspiring people that I've been so fortunate to get to work with and meet along the way in this weird, fucked up journey that we are on. And, um, you know, it's so important for me, um, for people to really understand just how important you are to me, to all this music, and I feel like, um, you know, that whole Wizard of Oz, like the person behind the curtain shit, Mm -hmm. like, if that curtain were to fall down, you are the dude with the strings behind Uh it in so many ways, Um, and it's been interesting because... Really, it was the first session that um, I took when I was in the process of trying to figure out who the fuck I am, having um, kind of followed one artist project into the ground, like a full-on crash and burn, nobody gave a fuck, ran out of money, um, and met uh, our manager, Amit, um, in that place, in the smoldering wreckage at 22 years old. And um, I expressed to him how badly I wanted to make something that stood for something, how badly I wanted to make something that felt like it mattered because I had seen what it felt like for no one to care. And I had nothing because all I really wanted was people's attention and their validation. And when I didn't get that, there was nothing for me to stand on. And I think that that's where it became important to talk about something that mattered because I couldn't control whether people um, ever cared. I couldn't control whether we ended up here together. Mm -hmm. But what we could control was making something that felt important, that felt about something. And um, I expressed all of that to my manager, Amit. And Amit was like, I got a guy for you to meet. And uh, I met Amit in December of 2015. Um, I, we didn't even have the name grandson when, uh, we first had a session together. It was in Hollywood. Hollywood. Yeah. It was, uh, on Will, it was in Wilcox in Hollywood. There's a little studio over there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Kevin certainly wasn't going by Boone then. Nope. I wasn't going by grandson. And, um, I'm just, uh, this is so exciting and cool because I don't think people really know, our story. Really I know that it. people don't have your story, and um, you have taught me so much um, with the way that you um, are a true artist. Your pursuit of um, reinvention with the instrument you've been playing for so long. Um, your curiosity to explore new genres of music. Um, not writing off music that is simpler than the discipline you have for your instrument. Um, I've learned a lot by your willingness to collaborate. I've learned a lot through your willingness to sacrifice, um, your humility in um, not pushing me, not pushing this project to, um, I don't know, not, not, not pushing it to... Uh, n- like n- you, you never made me feel like me expressing myself and me going on this journey um, was a bad thing. 
and there's a lot of ways to take that. But first and foremost, I just want to start by asking, who are you? I appreciate your words so much, man. It's 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 humbling and it's just really good to you know to get to get to the core of this. It's worthwhile you know but i, I appreciate so your words a lot uh, i mean dude it's so mutual and y- you have no idea like yeah i'm open to working with other people and i'm curious and and there's there's a few good traits maybe but it's the moment we started collaborating and amit connected us it's like there's a lot of a lot of things that i personally see that kind of were like you know the omens like the signs were just there like you were writing about shit that i literally thought was like about me i was like is this dude writing songs about me you know cuz it cuz you were tapping into something that felt so um you know worth fighting for and worth expressing with dope riffs in the first place you know that's how we how we connected the first time you know but thank you so much in general for your, your super sweet words dude who are you? So I'm Kevin, aka Kevin Hissink, aka Boone. I'm originally from the Netherlands, uh, from this place outside Harlem, which is close to Amsterdam. I worked my ass off to get to Los Angeles, and it took me a good six years of muddling around and you know trying to find somebody that I really connected with till we linked up, and things have gone super quick since then, you know. Yeah, I think that um, one thing that uh, I have a feeling will be a recurring theme in this um, conversation series. Um, So many people at the shows are struggling to find their purpose. Um, They're struggling to find their guitar. They're struggling to find their pen. Whatever whatever their thing is that is an extension of themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, And... Then on top of having a thing, um, moving towards that thing, despite the obstacles in your way, I think that that can be very difficult. I think some people have it easier than others. I know that I come from a very supportive family and a very privileged community where I was able to move towards music when that became obvious to me that that was my calling. Um, But even though that process started when I was around 15 – it took me years to really feel like I was set on that path, finding my community. Um, And I think that a lot of young people that are um, listening to the music that we create, coming to the live shows, um, going on this journey with me and with us, Mm -hmm. I think a lot of them feel a lot of pressure to have the answers to some of those things. I Um, I felt that pressure too. Yeah, so I want to know... when you define this path as beginning beginning yeah i i've from the moment i quit college to become a musician i I always felt it was right i never felt like i had a a, that much of a choice to be honest because i was in my opinion uh like so passionate about it i wouldn't say i was good at it but i i was so in love with it that i I felt it being guitar yeah, playing, expressing myself with like, yeah, guitar and, and that the love for guitar is so big uh, that, you know, because I still play a lot, like a couple hours a day if I can, because it like really balances me out, and, you know, cathartically, you know. And 
I think that's I, I would want anybody to have something like that in their life, you know, like uh, so therefore I, f- I feel like my path was always connected to expressing myself through music or finding, you know, where do you remember deliberately looking for that thing? Um, I, I, I remember when I was like around, this is going back way back, but like around, uh, growing up that I had an older brother who was pretty much good at everything and he was really smart and he was like good at athletic shit too and everything. And I was always good enough, but kind of training, I always wanted to find my own thing and I try it with like a bunch of things. But then when I got a guitar from my uncle's attic with a broken neck uh and played on that i was like this is gonna be my thing you know and you know you find your role models too so i just you know uh, from that moment on i just wanted to become that you know find my identity and like and and it never hurts to really put in the sweat you know because you can you can find some stuff out about yourself if you keep at it you know did you know it was your thing when you were putting in those hours to becoming the guitarist that you are today, dude, don't hurt yourself over there, fish. I see you, bro. Yeah, right. Um, when you were, you know, sitting, uh, uh, there's a couple of different places for me to go with this. First off, I want to know, was it like a, a switch that was flipped or was it a gradual progression into finding that sense of purpose through the instrument? And then my second question is also, was that, um, at the time, was that also joined by a sense of community, or was this a solo, like, mm. I- like a lonely process? Uh, um, growing up, I remember it, um, the first time I ever like. So I I started out in an acoustic, and the first time I ever heard or held an electric guitar, it was like uh, the same. It's uh, uh, comparable to like hearing. Rage Against the Machine for the first time, it just activated me. I was like, this is my shit, you know? And I felt like the electric guitar did that for me. That was the first instrument where I was like, there's no way I can live a day, another day without one. I need to save up some money somewhere to just get something like that. And and that um, put me on a path, I guess, to, you know, like wanting to get really good at it. Identity-wise, I don't know. Like, I, I really... And there's, you know, my my childhood was also, like, I've had a bunch of, like, setbacks and good times with my family, but, um, like, my dad was always spinning the right music, in my opinion. Like, he was just putting on, just, I remember us having to take, like, drives to south of France for holidays, and then he would just blast Hendrix and Woodstock and stuff like that like for hours and it would be so loud and my mom would go crazy mm-hmm. but it was like it i that has a lot to do with it too i i think you know like and it's strange cuz he's like from um kind of a different background not not necessarily like uh steeped in music but that's that's all, that that was also largely i think conducive to me you know being so comfortable with that with that musical aspect of my life. I want to talk about a bunch of shit, and we're going to right after we take a quick commercial break. We're from on the fucking back. I'm with Boone. I'm with my co-conspirator. Um, if you've listened to any songs of mine, they have all 
become what they've become because of um, Kevin, because of my work with Kev. Um, and I want to continue to have a conversation around the path with which um, you got to um, my life and then some of the songs that we did together. Maybe we can talk about those. So um, I want to talk about you found guitar. Um, you had uh, a father that was playing a lot of uh, guitar, uh, uh, yeah, guitar, rock music. Yeah, totally. And then um, was it obvious that you wanted to be in bands yeah, what's like? Give us the rundown. Yeah, and, and since I, I kind of forgot, almost forgot, you said, did it? Was it also steeped in a sense of community? Uh, mm-hmm. And and it wasn't really. I was like, kind of a like in my attic, always playing by myself, just uh, trying to learn parts. And you know, like uh, it was only I was kind of too chicken to really go out and like really perform. And which I think a lot of people relate to. Yeah, I bet. I mean, it's just you know, it, it was. I don't even. I think I always wanted to be uh, in 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 the back of my head wanted to be like behind the scenes kind of guy. But like it wouldn't have hurt if I would have like gotten a band sooner. I w- I waited like for my first band till I was like twenty one. Mm-hmm. So that was you had already been in music school at that point. Yeah, for about a year. Yeah, I got accepted after I kind of um, dropped out. Is the word uh, a college? I, mm-hmm. I got accepted to a music school. Can we talk for a second about that moment? What were you in school studying and what made you feel comfortable taking that risk? Uh, I was transitioning from uh, doing history in the north of Holland to, um, um, yeah, quitting and becoming uh, or auditioning for this music school that had just opened up and like was kind of a launching platform for artists artists in the Netherlands, which I thought was dope, you know. They were actually like getting the festivals and doing mm-hmm dope stuff and i thought if i go to that school i might you know do something useful with my life you know yeah dropping out dropping out of college is a really interesting subject for me i I dropped out of college as well Mm. um in retrospect it was one of the most singular impactful decisions that i've made Mm. that i think has led me to here um but i'm always unsure of how to frame that i don't think that it's responsible for telling people like they're wrong for being in college or anything like that but i think if you have a clear sense of what you want to do um i think that that time is so important and so formative Mm. um especially for creative people like your your late teens early 20s that if that is truly your calling and if you can have the courage to uh acknowledge and define that for yourself then i think it's important to pursue it and um i i I can't speak for other people but for me when it started feeling like i was going through the motions at school but had these things that were actually really important to me um i think that was when it was obvious and um it was the first thing in my life that i actually went to my parents with a real um sense of individuality sense of self in Mm -hmm. Uh, i didn't ask to do it when i did it and i think that my whole life I had kind of been on autopilot looking for that thing, yeah, yeah. looking for that thing that was going to excite me, make me give a fuck about anything. I was just so high and so apathetic mm-hmm. that when I remember that feeling writing too. music was this way out. Yeah, yeah. And when I finally um, really serendipitously had that opportunity to make music my full-time thing, I went to my parents and said, this is a thing I'm doing. And... um 
and I would really – I'd rather do it with your support. But it's a thing I'm doing. I'd rather have you with me for that journey. And um, I didn't even – I couldn't even like recognize the person that was saying that like and what was coming out of my fucking mouth. Right. But they respected that yeah. and they were like, all right, well. And I think that that's just a really important thing I wanted to touch on. So um, I want to fast forward a bit. Sure. And you uh, start pursuing music. You find a band. You start um, getting some of the success, some of the recognition that I know that a lot of guitarists that I meet um, through music would be very happy with getting, very comfortable. You start touring a bit. Um, you start touring more than a bit, it sounds like. Um and for me, this this is about finding your why. And one of the really important things about that is that it's not this singular moment, that it keeps shifting. So you set out to accomplish something. Yeah, yeah. You end up part of a band. Maybe talk a little bit about the band. And and, and what I'm more interested in is talk about when that band, when, when that why started changing for mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, and you mean I decided to quit that and do like pursue something else? Yeah. I guess I, I had a good setup, man. I, I went to that music school. I, I, I was first, like, I was um, accepted, but they had too many guitar players, so they kicked me out. And then I got a letter, like, you're back in because somebody quit or, you know, didn't show up. So I was like, yeah, I'm accepted anyway. So, so I was super excited about going to that school. And then pretty much a year in, I met four dudes who weren't from the Netherlands but got accepted uh, to the same school and... They auditioned for like the first round of uh, idols and and got like a like an, Dutch idol. Or yeah, something. yeah, yeah, exactly. What was it called? Do you remember? Yeah, I just think it's called idols. Idol. Yeah, or idol. Yeah. Um, uh, and and then how'd that go for them? He he ended up with the last ten contestants because he's a really gifted singer. And um, so these I, are guys you met at school. That's cool. And and then I, you know, like pretty much a year in. I was like, no, I'm dedicated. I want to do this right. But then I dropped out again because like my, my band was doing well and we had written a bunch of songs together that got played on the radio. And I always felt it was kind of a... It wasn't like the, the alternative uh, Bowie thing to do to like go, go experience success on that level uh, through idols. So I felt a little snooty about it and a little snobby. You're like, this shit's fucking whack and I'm not a pop star. You know what I mean? Um, no but and, No, but that's just that part, like, at least for me, that, that phase of my life where I took myself very serious and I was very, like, convinced of, like, who were the right rock stars and who were the wrong ones. And, I mean, that's that was fine in retrospect, but... It got me. I was still open. I was excited about the opportunity, and I took it, you know? So I ran with it, and I knew, like, this isn't going to be forever, but I, I'm definitely going to, like, you know... And you joined a band with that guy. Yeah, I joined a band. That was my first band, so I had to, like, learn playing standing up pretty quickly in front of, like, more and more people. Were you ever practicing in front of a mirror? Ah, dude, I was. Like, as a kid with a tennis racket, yeah, yeah. A tennis racket instead yeah, of a yeah. guitar? Were you, like, in your little tidy whities Oh, I was dressing up, like... MJ, like all that. You were so, dressed up like MJ, dude. Everything. So, so, so deep down, I must have like Michael some... Jordan. Like, were you bald back? Probably <laughs> a different MJ. A different, yeah. My, got it. Yeah, um, I was, but I guess some deep down there must have been the bug. But yeah, I got a break, man. With that band, I, I just got to experience like 150 shows a year. You know, three a week. 
for like three two three years and then i uh i just i knew like from the beginning like i'm I'm not going to do this forever but this is like dope and i'm going to run with it but then i got like in the second or third year i, I told him just kind of kindly like you guys should look for a replacement and i'm still happy to help you guys out but what was gonna, that can you remember what that voice was that that compelled you to leave this like stadium gig i know what Um, was it it was crazy because i i was working in a cd store a month later you know like thinking like was this really the right move you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and um our apartment was like upstairs and i would would walk home from like my job and i'd be like what the fuck did we do you know because i just got together with my wife now and so I was like 25 at the time, and I just quit. And I and she's like, you you should just start doing more sessions, like for you know, as a guitar player for producers around. Because by then I was relocated to outside of Amsterdam a little bit, and like in Amsterdam there are an incredible amount of uh, talented people that are like doing bigger. What would shit. you say to guitarists or musicians or anybody? who find themselves in something that's comfortable, that checks most of the boxes, but isn't quite the thing. Yeah. You know, like, I think that that decision, whether or not you made it deliberately or not, is a pretty fucking bold one, you know? And and, and I guess... And what would you say to CD store you? <laughs> and then also, what would you say to those people that are that w- that don't have the courage to make that jump? If you just feel it in in your balls that you you, you or your lady balls, yeah, or your lady balls that you gotta that you you know, there's always like, I try to like do it this way where you where you, I won't I don't want to regret a decision I uh, I want to regret decisions that I made not that I didn't make you know. Run that shit back, Turbo. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. You want to regret decisions that you made and yeah. not decisions that you didn't make. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and I always felt like I, I just need to, needed to progress from being who I was at that moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Damn, dude, that's fucking gnarly. And I'm really happy that you said that. Oh. That's what I was looking for. Oh, I'm stoked, That man. is uh, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't a philosophy never... that I agree with, but I had never articulated like that. Oh, shit. I would never have become like the guitar player... Or riff maker, if I didn't um, become a session guitarist, I, and like slowly but surely started getting like more and more of a community in Amsterdam of people that wanted me around them because I was mm-hmm. adding to the records and stuff, you know. We're gonna hop off for a quick break, and then we're gonna talk about you and I meeting and making songs together. Let's do that shit. Okay, so we're back in this bitch, uh, Boone, grandson. Every single grandson song goes through Boone. Um, it's so gnarly to think about the fact that there was a time where I didn't know you and we weren't making music together. I know. So if you, if you hold our drivers, it's licenses. interesting because well, one thing that's interesting uh, about us is our age difference. Yeah. There's like 14 years in between us. I think a lot about how our lives would have changed if you and I were both coming up. At the same time, it probably would have gotten pretty dark. (laughs) Probably would have gotten pretty turned up. Uh, So it's probably a good thing that the person that I was going on this journey with was so grand. We were having sessions. All of the songs that um, have been the most popular were in one of our like living room studios, essentially. 
Um, yep. I, I can recall the day that we cut Despicable, the day I came over and you had that guitar riff. Um, it was a longer thing, but you had, it was like a longer loop, but you had accidentally, yeah, like half baked, like looped the wrong part or yeah. something. And it yeah. was so cool. Yeah. Um, right before you all came of the hardest songs of ours. I remember your young son, Oliver, running through the room. I remember um, your golden retriever. And that those memories are so important to me. They're so me familiar. Um, I don't even know what I want to talk about. Um, you know, I guess we can talk about Blood Water as a song that's changed both of our lives. Definitely mine. Uh, and that, that was, um, I think a lot longer a process than people might really know that we took multiple versions of that song, different riffs, different buildups, different choruses, different drops. Um, I'm curious which song of ours you're the most proud of. Uh, As I said earlier, so much I feel uh, when you write um, your songs and your stories, I feel they uh, like are intertwined with my life so they're all in a way they some more than others um but it's like that's the the like the energy that it comes out of so like i respond to it and musically or energetically in that way because it's like it hits me but the ones that stand out in my heart are obviously blood water but um best friends Mm -hmm. Um, Stigmata. Best Friends was one of the first songs we ever did together. I know. It was like the third or fourth song. I know, and I love how... It was just a fucking gnarly riff. And you wrote the riff independent. I think you wrote it around... I sent you a voice note with the lyrics and a melody that was kind of different. It was more like inspired by the 1975. I was listening to a lot of the 1975s. It was a second album. I love it when you're asleep. Mm. I was listening to that album a lot in 2016 when we started Grandson. And I was really inspired by Matt Healy's songwriting. Mm. And Best Friends was like this weird, kind of like upbeat, warm thing. Uh, and it would have been so fucking whack if we put it out like that. But then I <laughs> sent it to Kev. And and you just, you made the... Like you took it to this really dark place. But that was also, uh, not to interrupt you, uh, uh, that was the, uh, a moment where um, it was so dope to kind of witnessed something happening which I wanted to touch upon real quick was when you would come into my studio um, uh, us like in the beginning getting to know each other working together there were so many moments of um, like you doing something all of a sudden to like which just like jolted us and then Amit would be in the background who, our manager our manager who was very influential to us getting together in the first place and he would like this like, kind of give his... Like, he was always a really important barometer yeah. for us. Like, if he didn't like a song, it's to this day. Yeah. If he doesn't like something, I don't know if it's any good. And if he does like something, and even if I don't like it, I think it's good. Yeah. And that's a really, uh, and the, I think, a rare quality. With best friends, the, the dope thing is, uh, I remember the voice memo being more like, I never learned from my mistake. Yeah. Like, and then Yeah, it was this like jazzy thing. And then but when you scream into the mic or like with the chain set up the way it is, and I in, instantly immediately felt like white stripes like vibes. Sick. 
because of that offbeat and because of like the drums we use? The reality is I actually don't know, know very a lot much of, white stripes. A lot of white stripes. I don't know much yeah. of anything. I definitely didn't back then. You know, so much of this the sound that grandson is the entire I, I look at it as this big Venn diagram. We're gonna animate this part. <laughs> big Venn diagram, all right? You've got hip hop and all the different subgenres of hip hop. You've got break beat, tribe called questy um hip hop you've got trap double time flows ugk outcast 36 mafia um you've you've got all kinds of like you've got the xxx denzel curry hard style shit um and then i, I was coming out of montreal listening to a lot of electronic music i was listening to a lot of mad decent a lot of diplo a lot of skrillex um a bunch of that kind of hard style and dubstep and trap music and then you really for me are that other side of it with with blues rock i i think that i brought some of that i think that that's why those early songs like bills and best friends are much more bluesy but then things took a really dark turn um and i don't know if that's uh was deliberate or not but i think that it did coincide with oliver's health declining um things just all of a sudden carried more weight more yeah, gravity became when we were, very urgent yeah and that's something that um is so important to our origin story um your young son um getting sick uh and we can talk about that as much as you want but and also reflecting on a healthcare system that was designed to like bankrupt and like destroy people for fault not of their own for losing a genetic lottery or something like that so arbitrarily that we um, were watching that happen and really having no idea where this was going to go. I think that was a huge part of the anger politically um, that came through and just the darkness in the rifts. Um, I don't even really give a fuck if we're talking about the whole why thing that we were going to be talking about, but I want to take a little detour through that. Mm -hmm. But I do think that I'm, I'm curious, like... What pushed you to keep going um, through those times um, and did those times shape your why today? Um, so just to provide some context, uh, just when we had started getting together and, Couple months and, in. Yeah, and getting some pretty stellar results, in my opinion, like finding like the joy in music, uh, you know, like in a great way at the at the around the same time my son at the time was two he was going on three he was diagnosed with a rare form of cancer and uh he was hospitalized and we stayed in the hospital for about five four and a half five months i feel like you drive home but like there's you're, you're basically over there and uh um you know to to, to kind of briefly uh, that changes you to a large extent. I still like feel like I'm one of the lucky ones because I got to walk out of there with his health intact. Mm -hmm. But it was a very hard time uh, in in so many uh, aspects because it's it's you know it's your worst nightmare as a parent. You, you want nothing more than to be in that bed, but you can't. And then there's the healthcare system that you're having to you know remain a savvy. You have to keep your savvy, rational mind going because you're talking to these people that are trying to 
re- relocate you or like push you home or you know all those things the the real like there are it's nuanced because it's not just ugly like there's good people working for those companies too but i i sure do have a shit list of like people that you know sent me emails around then that inspire me to like write angry riffs you yeah. know yeah sure um but it's like i said it's nuanced so you're it's it was really hard to put into words but um i do feel like more like um really, like through it all it's like you you get to feel a certain way if you get to walk out and and i saw so many families in there that didn't get to experience uh five minutes or five months in the hospital and your son going through uh through what he went through uh and that's my my outlook on like like i i hate having gone through that and i at the expense of my son it's the worst thing you can imagine but it like when you do get to walk out you feel a certain like not just like responsibility but kind of like power to see things in a different perspective after that because you know like my music heroes would be very intimidating before and now i my like my heroes are nurses or medical personnel that are like driving up to neighborhoods where they can get shot at or you know and i still feel like music is has brought me so much and but it but it put so many things in perspective after that that I think I I became better as a human Like, because I had to deal with those things. There's nothing like necessity, right? Mm-hmm. I just had to deal with companies, insurance companies. I had to deal with my son's illness. But like I said, you know, we're still one of the lucky ones. And that's such an important perspective to have. Um, I think now's a good time to take our last break, and then, sure. and then we're going to talk a little bit more. We're going to get some practical advice for other guitarists and musicians that yeah, might yeah. need to hear some. We're going to have a couple of grandkids ask some questions, and then we'll get you home. Nice. <clears throat> so real, man. <laughs> okay, so we're back. We're doing this thing. Um, I have a couple more questions for you. I think that as we keep doing these, I'll get better at them because I could literally do this all day. And if anyone's managed to make it this far, then... Uh, thank you. <laughs> um, thank you for this. And I yeah, hope that they let seriously. me keep doing it because I'm having a lot of fun. Um, so a couple things that I think are important to recap. Number one, um, that you didn't find guitar or start bands till your early 20s. You didn't meet me till you were 38. Yeah. Um, 30, 30, no, no, you're right. You're somewhere right. around yeah, there, right? right. Um, I want to, um, can you remember a particular, um, moment that might've been, um, for people that want a career that looks like yours, having toured all over the world, having produced, um, huge records, uh, across genres, um, for artists like myself, Rihanna, all kinds of like interesting people. Um, what was one of the moments that people might of like where you were the closest to giving up on that process uh which people caused me to almost give up on that which people are just like it which what situations? moments were you just about to throw up your fucking hands because i think that there are a lot of people that um they assume that there is this superhuman quality to the artists and producers that they look up to the most 
Um, and I want to kind of use this platform to shatter that and, and recognize, like when I was with Kayflay, she was talking about getting dropped and, yeah, yeah. and how humbling that feeling was. Yeah, um, I bet. And I'm curious um, if you had any moments that um, that can show other people that the only difference between you and them is that you hit that moment and didn't give up. Can you think of anything like that? Yeah, I mean, just to also ch- close uh, that chapter in a nice way. But um, when I was like in the hospital with my kid, like I, I, I definitely thought of like you reorganize the things that are important in your life, you know, and all the stuff I did before, save for our work, wasn't in, wasn't interesting anymore so for me. So like that almost knocked me out. But but. But the thought of that going felt very like, uh, you know, almost like a meant to be sort of thing, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, other situations and instances where I dis- almost decided, you know, not to do what I do or be who I am. I can't really say I've had those so much, even though like it's I've had discouraging moments and stuff. But I, 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 I genuinely feel like a, it sounds a little maybe far-fetched, but uh, there's like a a purpose to me loving things so much. And if I distance myself too far from the things that I really love and put energy into, then um, then I always kind of find a way to get back to that, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how else to say it, but like I, I don't feel people can, no people, uh, there's no no particular individual who can discourage me from, loving music or my instruments so much, you mm. know, so. I think that there are lots of people that relate to that, but that might not have the, the, the courage that you've shown. And um, I think that um, a couple of people, you know, I, 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 I sometimes wonder if you need loss and you need pain, pain. to contextualize. Mm. I wonder if, do you think that people have to go through the things you've gone, gone through to learn the things that you've learned through those things? Mm. or can they learn it from listening to like some podcast or something it's a little uh crazy uh to think about but i i in a very weird way i do think we are self-fulfilling prophecies all of us so what we tell ourselves is like what actually happens to us in a mm. way and i like i'm not saying uh our life experiences are all like uh you know because of what we said or other choices we make, some stuff just happens to us. But uh, I, I, I genuinely feel that, like uh, the, uh, you know, like there's there's a there's a strength when you when you feel you're you're doing what you love to do, and 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 what you need to do is usually pretty close to that, you know. Mm. One last thing that I'm curious about, and I don't know if we've ever really talked about it this bluntly, but I figured this is as good a place as any. Um, have there been really difficult moments where, where I put my foot down and said, I'm grandson, you know, those moments around. If, if I had been in my twenties, like you said earlier in the discussion, we would have probably rifted over that shit. But I, I always from the get go wanted, um, was so happy about your, uh, receptiveness to what I offered that I never felt, you know, like I want to stand in your shoes or I was just so happy you ran with it, you know, like, so, so that's there. Of course there are hard moments when we create together. Cause that's what happens, you know, like uh, pieces of timber fly when you're building a house, you know, but, but it's, 
it's it's genuinely like you know like for me grants and to be such a important part of it is 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 such a thing that i think of in terms of gratitude instead of like no that's like that needs to be like known that you know or yeah. this or that that's fucking sick. I feel so lucky for that because I really don't know. Um, I've always had this like real, I think similarly to what you said before about not wanting to regret the decisions you didn't make, but the decisions you did. I think that's part of what's propelled me since the beginnings of me making music to feel like I need to be a solo artist. Um, and I know that I've had moments both with you creatively in making the music and then with Ramon Renzo and David in mm-hmm. touring the music. Mm-hmm. Um, where that has come sometimes with a feeling of guilt. Sometimes that's like a burdensome feeling. I bet. Um, and sometimes but, uh, you want to you own it. You yeah, know? sometimes I'm, I, yeah, I want to feel like yeah, this is my, this needs to be you my work vision. hard for it, you know? I've worked yeah. my ass off to put myself in the position to be the one calling certain shots, but mm-hmm. at the same point, I wouldn't have gotten here without this community. Mm-hmm. And uh, it feels good to know that that's like, a thing that, that that's okay between uh, us because I glad, haven't always uh, known if that was something that you I was know uh, the the cool with. like I think everything is so much cooler if you just like try to be the like the coolest version of yourself and imagine a forty year old guy kind of wanting to be like no I'm like fucking half grandson and I want that to be known some that's, people spend their whole lives on this shit like. I bet, but I would. Uh, there's so m- many f- more interesting things to do, right? Like, if for instance, like, I just also want to mention that, like, when I started working with you, um, your res- being so open and receptive towards what I offered wasn't just that. It's also um, you turned me on to like stuff that made me pay attention. Um, uh, more and like stuff like hey you should check out splice hey you should like mm-hmm. open this plugin or you should like pitch this down or i had been producing for or trying to be like a good producer for fucking since i quit my band dude so i remember jerking around on the old ass for like nine years or something but in in the time that i worked with you like my me being so happy about you loving the shit has made me like so much better and has catapulted my skills. You well, know? consistently the art, the songwriters, the artists, the producers that I work with that are, in my opinion, the best in a subjective way and then objectively have become the most successful, mm-hmm. be that financially or in however you quantify it. Mm-hmm. Those people are often the most humble, the most hardworking and the most willing to learn that curiosity. I think, um, in wanting to get better, because if you think, you know, everything me as a songwriter or as a producer or whatever then you're only going to get as far as as you get um it's, it's just so whack when you, you're talking about yourself how, how you did something dope and then somebody else is like you know doing something way doper in the background yeah so okay fuck all this shit i'm gonna ask you one or two questions um from the grandkids we flip this piece of paper over um, and you can chime in by um, asking questions by, with the hashtag XXY. So, okay. Um, at Black Snow Queen asked, what motivates you to make music? Uh, everything. <laughs> A fucking terrible answer. I know. Um, um, I, I've been, I've been ch- trying to make music, I think, ever since I remember just... As a kid, just trying to like 
make music just with my teeth, like by like clacking my teeth together. I remember those were the, like the first little things. And same with guitar. Like I thought the guitar was way too hard, so I put just one string at a time, then two, then three. That's my approach to like mu- Whoa, to music. That's cool. I think that would be a good way for like a lot of people would be fine starting with two, but it's so much less menacing, you know. And 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 my just curiosity for that shit, but. I don't know. I can't explain why I'm so curious. That you know, but I but I love finding out le- how to learn more about music. So I don't know if that answers the question. Probably not. I think it does. I think that one of my first memories. Uh, I was into cross country running when I was in like grade three, and I re- would catch like this rhythm yeah, with right. my breathing. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Step, like step, a step, breathe, breathe out, out. In, in, totally out, right, out. and I would find this little pocket. Yeah, yeah. Come on, no, 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 no. In, in, out, out. I was doing my like little Migos, fucking Jewish, like little kid with my little fro. But yeah, I think that um, so some people is just within them. Um, and then I'm curious, uh, do you have any advice for for guitarists out there of any age that's just that that want a kind of career that looks like yours? Oh, um, assuming that they're gonna work hard, assuming that they're actually not that bad. I mean, it helps to have, like, people you really look up to and just study the shit out of them, you know? Like, I, I keep looking online and everywhere for, like, music uh, that inspires me. And I'm, I've am i always been, like, passionate about guitar and stuff, but right now, dudes, like, dudes from Polyphia and Tosin Abasi, they're, they're taking guitar in a way that you, you can just see the evolution of, like, guitarists happening and stuff. So... Yeah. Again, I, I guess I, I'm, I keep getting I keep getting back to that. Is it time to wrap up. Yeah. Just focus. Speak into the mic. Oh, I get right it. On. Yeah, sorry, dude. Fuck. Sorry, it's repeat kind of the question one more time. Yeah, fuck it. Okay. I'm off it. Next one. Um, I guess I have another question for people that might be going through something similar to what you went through with Oliver. Um, do you have any any anything that you learned along the way that you could impart on people that are going through the hardest thing that they've ever gone through? Um, oh, man, every situation is different. I would, if I would, if I could share anything of worth, um, I would say uh, become aware of your ability, the, the things you can control. Become very aware of uh, where you can um you know, like parents will already do this probably, but where you can like make your child's uh, treatment a little lighter or or a little easier, and and uh, know what he or she loves by by you know like becoming aware of dosage, even like becoming aware of uh, therapies, ter- medications, uh, read up and and make sure you know as much as like the people over there because. Hospitals are great, but they can only do as much. And you're like the only. And there's nobody like the parent. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So those are like the. And my wife was really inspirational in that time because she really like, instead of react emotionally towards things, she would like uh, become super good at uh, managing what Oliver needed and who to talk to and who not to spend time talking to and to how to conserve your energy like that. Those are, I guess, the the best things I could impart. Yeah, I I remember, and that's fucking really helpful, and that's beautiful. I hope so, man. I remember coming through to the hospital, and um, it was like 
you know, she she was literally like Wonder Woman. Like she was in bed with him. Insane. And her mind was just moving so fast at all times. And it was really inspiring to watch. I want to leave um, like we're going to leave every episode. It's 2020. Um, it's a huge year politically um, all across the world and here in America in particular. I don't want to get you in trouble or anything because we're <laughs> trying to get my boy a green card. <laughs> if you're watching this, get this motherfucker a green card. I need him in here. We need those riffs. Here in America, legally. Needed him, okay? Fuck the O one. It's a fucking sham. He's wasting all his fucking money. Anyways, um, I'm curious, um, what's one issue that you're really passionate about and you think people should be signing up to vote about this year? Sponsored um, by Headcount. Um I, I would love to see less uh, money distributed towards uh, defense, quote-unquote, and towards like educational uh, purposes in America. I, I think teachers, and they work their asses off, and that's, that, that would, like, I would love to see some, some um, awareness and more um, reallocation of energies towards that end. Yeah, we spend over a trillion dollars a year on war. Yeah. In America. Yeah. Really interesting. Yeah. If you um, aren't already registered to vote, we need you to text voter XX to four zero six four nine to sign up for Headcount's election alerts. And uh, I don't know when this is going to air. There should be some sort of prize that you can win for doing so. Uh, the prize that you should be winning is the right to have your voice heard in this conversation because if you're not registered to vote in this very important year and you are able to do so, you should go fuck off and stop having opinions on Twitter. Um, I think that's about it. Shouts out, headcount. There's a million things we could talk about. Uh, I feel like kind of rambly. I don't really know. kind of over-caffeinated. I hope that through doing a bunch of these, I'll get better at them and then we'll have you back on here and uh, we'll be able to have a more concise conversation, but oh, there's yeah, just so much to. to talk about and there's so much music left to make. I really feel like I there's, know. I feel like the best music is in front of us and not behind us. I feel like the new shit that we're making is really exciting for me. Dude. And I really hope that, um, we're able to keep having the kind of, um, unbelievable, um, time that we've had together. I know that we will. And you are somebody that I will consider a brother, uh, for my whole life. And, uh, I'm, I just think it's really important that anybody that fucks with what I do understands that that means they fuck with what he does. You should follow him at I am Boone on Instagram and watch out for some of his solo music that I might've dropped a hot 16 on once upon a time. And, you, uh, yeah, thank you so much for being here, dude. Let's get back to the studio. Thanks for having me. Let's yeah, go. Yeah, let's do it. Cool. Yeah. I love you, dog. Yay. Cool, man. So cool. <coughs> that was fire. That was fire, right? It was a little like I 